Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'll take this is the center in the sink. Here's former and modeling prodigy, Luke Anderson. And bespectacled drifter, Will Dawkins. On 1080, The Fan. Hey, kids. Happy Saturday. We are absent one bespectacled drifter. If you were listening to the golf show, Swag buried the lead and Will still in Hawaii. We miss him terribly. I'm not sure how to feel about today. We've got Ryan Buckley sitting in. Ryan and I, I can't say, uh, know each other particularly well. You've been here how long, Ryan? A month? Uh, this would be three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Uh, Ryan, the new producer of Dusty and Cam in the Morning. I've listened to this show a handful of times coming in. You don't do a lot of talking on that show. We're working our way in slowly, yeah, building up to that. you got to ease your way in, but I'm, I'm going to give you my perception of you so far and tell me if I'm off. Ooh, I like this. <clears throat> you see, Maybe like, I like this. We'll see. Well, we'll see. You seem like a genuinely kind person, and you seem willing to help at every turn, and and you seem excited for the opportunity, and there doesn't seem to be any sarcasm in any of that, and I don't know how to feel about it. That's interesting. You know, I think that if you would have uh, seen me towards the end of my last job, you would have seen a lot of those things that you're not seeing now. So, ah. you know, kind of renewed enthusiasm, and, uh, you know, you got to be... Well, I'm an Oregon duck, so I don't want to be an eager beaver. I'll be an eager duckling to ah, there you uh, go. get some things going here and help some people out and move things along. Okay, so bad wordplay. We got that. Um, but yeah, so so it's so you're still in the honeymoon phase. Correct. Okay, so by the end of this show, we'll see if we can break you. I mean, I'm bit. volunteering to come in on a Saturday morning. So <laughs> yeah, you yeah you genuinely seemed excited about it, and uh, and I I figured that was because you just hadn't listened to the show before. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Okay, uh, five five three zero five is uh, the text line if you want to participate in the show. I'd like to thank everybody for uh, uh, joining in the program. We're gonna get to kind of everything that we need to today: the draft, NBA playoffs. It's a not really nice relief that we don't have to talk Blazers anymore, so that'll be good. But there is a new contender for the most disappointing 2018, 2019, or 2017, 2018 uh, NBA team and the most intrigue going into 2018, 2019. Oh, geez, that's too many numbers. I really hurt my head trying to do that. Uh, but the Thunder. There's a new disappointment. They're definitely disappointing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where we go with that. Um, but, but Ryan, since you haven't had a ton of time to talk with people, uh, introduce yourself. So you're, you said you're an Oregon duck. Yep. You moved up here from the Bay Area. Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I come from the TV world. I spent the last eight years at uh, NBC Sports Bay Area in San Francisco, mostly doing uh, pre- and post-game shows. So we had about six teams to cover down there, so that's everything from A's, Giants, Warriors, Sharks, Sacramento Kings, a uh, little bit of earthquakes here and there. Ooh, earthquakes. Yeah. 
And now you're you're an Oregon duck, you said. Where are Correct. you from originally? Uh, I'm from the Bay Area originally. Okay. So born and born and raised in the East Bay in Danville, California, and then uh, moved my way up here for college. Loved it. Went back to San Francisco after college. Worked there for about ten years, and now I'm back in the Northwest. Excellent. And so far, three weeks in, you 1080 the fan treating you pretty well. Yeah, everyone is treating me great. Uh, the schedule is uh, well, it was a rude awakening, both figuratively and literally, <laughs> uh, because I came from a world where most of my shifts were surrounding seven o'clock or seven thirty p.m. start times for games. So most of those shifts from about two in the afternoon to eleven at night. So getting up around 3.30 or 4 to make it in here by 4.30 or 5 is a whole new world for me. Yeah, not a ton of uh, 4 a.m. start times for games. No. Yeah, well, it's a tough one. Well, this was a little. This one's a little bit easier. I was, I, I always felt nice when uh, like Crawford would fill in and do this show because you knew he got to sleep in. And it's like, oh yeah, be here by I don't know seven ish, and we'll start doing some prep or whatever. But the funny thing was, he always overslept on Saturday mornings. So different, little different. Uh, take on things yeah see so. this was sleeping in I, my girlfriend so asked me last night she's like you're gonna shower before bed i'm like no i'm gonna shower in the morning she goes really you're gonna get up that early i'm like get up that early i'm sleeping in like two hours compared to what i normally do well what we try to do here uh this is kind of a new thing that we're implementing we actually started it last week in will's absence that way if it goes well and uh gets some traction then he has no choice but to say yes to it so we're gonna try to start the show and catch everybody up that only listens. Like for the people that only listen to the Sinner and the Saint on Saturdays for all of their sports news, we want to make sure we catch them up uh, with everything that happened this week. And in a new segment, I'm tentatively calling "In Case You Missed It." Got it. All right. So to start things out on Tuesday, the 76ers clinched their first round series against the Heat. And did you see the way Joe Embiid celebrated the win? By picking up Kevin Hart? He picked up Kevin Hart so easily, it looked like Link was collecting a treasure chest on his quest to save Zelda from the clutches of Ganon and restore peace to Hyrule. Uh, not a good start. Well, it may not be a bad start for those uh, who follow Zelda and Link, but I, I was not one of those guys growing up. Oh, you're terrible. I know, man. I'm a bad nerd. One of the best things about the NBA is the celebrity fans. The Toronto Raptors have Drake, Philly has Kevin Hart, and did you see who Utah's new super fan was, King of the Mormons? I did. Mitt Romney. Absolutely fantastic. Mitt Romney showed up. Uh, and in the perfect fashion of a guy running for Utah State Senate, showed up wearing his Oxford shirt covered by a Rodney Hood Utah Jazz jersey. Not a good look, buddy. Do you know he's not on the team? Yeah, hasn't been on the team since uh, the trade <clears throat> with the Cavaliers. I feel like there's probably a joke about a white guy wearing a hood somewhere, but I feel like we should just move on. Okay. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, LeBron's uh, LeBron looked so good in Game 5 that he was given game six off. Ah, solid one. So if you did miss it. I like it, that one. Yeah, that that was <laughs> not a good performance. I mean, you'd think they could do more in a closeout game. You would think so. Uh, so in case you did miss game five, uh, the Pacers and Cavs, uh, there was a block uh, LeBron James had on Victor Oladipo that looked very much like a goaltending. Goal yeah, the, the last two-minute report said it was a goaltend. That's what it looked like. It was so infuriating to the Pacers. What they did on the Cavs' next possession was they gave King James all the room in the world to bury a game-winning three. That's how mad they were. And in case you missed game six, uh, LeBron in game six, so did Cleveland. Um, boom. There you go. The Raptors uh, clinched their first round series against Washington last night by winning 
And get this, their first road playoff game that they trailed at halftime in franchise history. Yeah, they've not had a good history of that. Okay, can we do me a favor and let's not ever look back at Raptors history for achievements? There are two NBA franchises I want to hear achievements from. Call me if the Celtics break a franchise record and if the Lakers hit a new all-time low. That's all. I like it. I like it. That's pretty good. Uh, the NFL draft began on Thursday. In case you missed it, the Browns selected a quarterback with the highest potential for bust of any of the top four quarterbacks in the first. But the good thing about Baker Mayfield is he's also the quarterback with the lowest ceiling. And they also had the fourth pick. They took. Oh, you I'm, like on, that? I'm on board. You're on a roll here. <laughs> the first one you didn't like because you hate Zelda, which which well, makes I, me- no. I shouldn't say I, I don't hate Zelda. I just I can't <sighs> identify because I, I wasn't into if it. If you can't up. Im- imagine it, the way he picks up the thing, he opens a treasure chest and then it magically floats above him. That's what Kevin Hart. Did. Yeah, I was the kid that with an RPG game, I had to go buy the guide from the game store and then follow all the steps because I couldn't figure it out myself. Okay, you disappoint me. Uh, after the Browns took Baker Mayfield, they used their number four pick to take Denzel Ward. Uh, this is a guy that no one had in their top ten. Is it possible that the Cleveland Browns are trying to tank the draft to get better draft picks next year? I think they're doing it wrong. Yeah, no, they're they're not doing – well. I should say this. People like Denzel Ward right around that 9-10 range. I actually would have been good with him as a 49ers pick, as a 49ers fan at 9 there, but he didn't make it that far. And frankly, it's not a bad position and need for them, but it was a little bit of an odd pick. It wasn't one people saw coming. The truth is about the draft, nobody has any idea how good anybody's going to be. It'll be three or four years before we know if it was a good draft or not. But... But that enables us to pretend like we know what we're talking about for the next couple years. Very true. And the best thing about the draft grades is in five years when Josh Allen is taking the Bills to the Super Bowl, he can tweet out his F grade if he's not too busy tweeting semi-racist tweets and commenting on how hot A.J. McCarron's girlfriend is or wife. (sighs) Yeah, it's been a rough week on social media for him. Did you see the ones? So A.J. McCarron is the uh, Bills presumed starting quarterback his direct competition and his direct competition for and there's all these about his wife huh for when he was in high school that wife though yeah check her out uh and the other thing is in two years when the manager at subway is telling uh bradley chubb that he needs to stop putting so many pickles on the sandwiches bradley chubb can turn around and go listen i got an a plus grade when i was in the nfl draft i'll put as many pickles on a sandwich as i damn well please I'm an artist. I'm giving giving you the the rim shot just because of the enthusiasm and the Bradley Chubb voice. Well, yeah. Listen, that's how you yell at your subway manager. Listen, Dale. Put as many pickles on that sandwich as I want. I'm an artist. I like the the random assigned name of Dale. You're welcome. Uh, Actually, what really is the best part of this is yesterday I was looking at draft grades on CBS Sports, and I saw that the Bills got an F grade for Josh Allen. And then this morning, I'm like, oh, who got an A-plus grade? Let me go find somebody for part two of this joke. And I'm not kidding you. Back on CBS Sport, I clicked on a different article, and the Bills got an A-plus grade for Josh Allen. Same site. Same site. Polar opposite grades. Could not have been more different grades. Okay, well... That's what they say about this draft class. It's polarizing. Yeah. Well, 
the real winner of the NFL draft. We don't have to wait four years to tell anybody the real winner of the NFL draft is David Akers. David Akers was able to accomplish something that few people can. So if you remember last year, Drew Pearson, the big hero for trolling all of the Philadelphia fans. Well, David Akers got to do that, and he did two things simultaneously. He was able to get the Eagles back the respect that they duly deserve, but he also has a voice that allows him to do it without giving kickers any actual new respect. Here's David Akers from last night. Tonight, I'm representing the Philadelphia Eagles, NFC East champs, divisional champs, (laughs) NFC champs, and world champs, the world champs. Hey, Dallas, the last time you were in the Super Bowl, Uh these drafts. is such a great line, but when it's delivered like you're going through puberty, doesn't quite have the same impact. It's like he's auditioning for Vince McMahon. <laughs> it is, but he just doesn't like you go. He oh, yeah, sounds a like a kicker, doesn't he? He, he sounds, sounds like a kicker. Exactly. It's all the respect for Philadelphia and no respect for kickers. Now, Ryan, you have a very different opinion of kickers than I do. So we'll start there next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Gotta get up, gotta get out. All right, welcome back. Ryan Buckley is uh, joining us. Uh, Buck in for Will Darkens, who's still off on his uh, extravagant holiday. Gallivanting across the globe. I tell you what, he's in Kauai, and he's uh, just taking in the tropical rays. Uh, But the fun thing about Will is he was explaining that he's a guy that does not tan, so he'll go from white to red, but right back to white. So I'm not sure Hawaii. That's too is, bad. Yeah, it's not the perfect pick. By the way, did you hear the story that came out of Kauai about the kid who got attacked by the shark? I've heard stories before, but this is a new one, I assume. Yeah, th- this is a kid uh, who's 20 years old. He got attacked by a shark while he was out there uh, paddling or surfing or sure. something like that. But uh, he, seven months prior, was attacked by a bear in his native Colorado. So he's been attacked by a bear and a shark in the same year and survived them both. Dang, any injuries? Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he had uh, non-life-threatening, non-serious injuries in the shark attack. He was bleeding going back into shore, but yeah. it was a eight, six- to eight-foot tiger shark, they said, Ooh. so it wasn't like it was a great white going after him, but I don't want any part of any shark, so. No, no, you see, what I, I'm okay, like, uh, you know, you go through this every once in a while, like, if you had to choose the way that you die, but I figure if I got, if shark attack, I'd be okay with. It, you would think it would happen quickly? No, not even that. It's just like, somebody's like, well, how'd he die? Well, he's saving that baby from the shark. See, I want as little terror in the last oh, few no. minutes of my life as possible. Now, see, I'm good with that. Like, like if I if I could if I could be taken in some heroic fashion, you know, it's like heroic. Well, but but yeah, like, like going listen, down to a shark isn't heroic. Oh, sure. If I save the baby. Oh, sure. If, if yeah, there's yeah, a, okay, like oh yeah. Okay, after okay. the boat caught on see, fire could, and the big explosion, everybody was in there. Luke saved all the other people. Fought the shark for thirty minutes before it finally took him under. Yeah, what a champion you were. Yeah, exactly. Saved all those. Okay, people. Okay, I'm with you now the that shark. there's now that you're doing uh, good deeds in your demise. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Well, that's listen, fine. listen. If you're not doing good deeds in your own fantasized death montage, <laughs> that's on you, brother. That's yeah, on you. The only, the if only, you're going to write a crappy ending to your own book, then yeah, you're just a bad author. come on. The only problem with the shark attack is that I've, I've asked my family uh, to do two things uh, after I die. And if I get eaten by a shark, I presume that I have burial at sea immediately in the guts of the shark. Sure. 
But the only thing that I want after I die is I've asked my family uh, if they could take me on, on to do two things. In the Himalayas, they they take the dead up to the top of a mountain because you can't really bury them. Everything's frozen okay. and rocky. So they take them to the top of the mountain. They chop them in small pieces, and then the raptors and the vultures come and, and carry you away into the skies. And the guy that does it because they don't want him to have any remorse goes on some crazy drug trip. It's like, you know, whatever their version of peyote is. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, I think that would be I always thought that was a, the best death ritual that I've heard of. But the other thing is before that, I want to do the weekend at Bernie's strip club visit. And wait, so hold on. Let me let me backtrack. Your family's willing to do this whole Himalayan? Oh, I don't know. I've asked them to do it. I don't know. But they have not going. confirmed or denied oh, that they will or well, will not do the, it. Here's the thing. If somebody goes, after I die, do X, Y, Z, you go, yeah, okay, we'll do that. True. You can pretty yeah. much tell anyone you'll do it and yeah. they won't be able to hold you to it. Exactly. You've got it now. See, now you're getting it. Write a good ending. Slowly to, but surely. Good ending to your story. And then whatever your request is, just assume that people are going to go through with it. But yeah, you don't need you don't need confirmation on that. But die knowing. Like as the shark is taking me under the water, I'm and going. And then what was the second part of it? The weekend at Bernie's strip club visit. Yeah. So they just prop me up on strings like a puppet and I go Pinocchio to a to a strip club. Okay. Yeah. I think that'd be a good way to go. Um before the break, we were talking about uh, the David Akers clip. So David Akers came out um, and roasted the Dallas fans. For 15 years, David Akers was a kicker for the Eagles. Um, we don't need to play the whole thing again. I see you setting up to do it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we wanted to hear that one more time. <sighs> it's pretty good. If you had the shorter, yeah, it's 25 seconds. Go All right, you know, let's go. Tonight, I'm representing the Philadelphia Eagles. It's so good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who the who's doing the the laughter in the background. The yeah, chuckles. It's, it's the ESPN guys. Yeah, but it sounds like Ed McMahon does it. <laughs> yes. It's fan- it all, yeah, it does almost feel like uh Jerry the King Lawler out there or something like yeah. My God. But yeah, so I had the squeak and I was thinking, oh, he's reinforced everything I've thought of kickers. You, sir, have a very different thought when you think of NFL kickers. And and I, I cede the floor to you. Yeah, I you know, I think the kickers may on a uh, an undetected level be the bad boys of the NFL and maybe of all of sports. If you look at their history, you look at their lineage, you look at some of the things they've done, you know, here I think Hakers is really just trying to play the heel, but you've got guys like Sebastian Janikowski, you got Mike Vanderjack, you got Pat McAfee, you've got all these guys with checkered pasts, guys that maybe either get into some altercations, run their mouths a little bit. It's well, what was the guy for the Giants? Is that McAfee? Uh, from the Giants. No, that was kind of domestic violence guy. Oh yeah, well that you yeah that's, that that's really problematic. That you, was you got uh, Jay Feely holding the gun for the prom. That picture? was you know what that was the catalyst for this. Yeah, he's got he's got the gun between his daughter and his daughter's prom date. Yeah, and everybody's in on the joke, but that picture's pretty menacing. So a lot of people didn't like the joke. No, they did not. And uh, so yeah. it's, it's kickers making the most waves these days Look for stepping that. outside yeah, the v- line. Vanderjack was a drunk. You and know, an idiot, according to Peyton Manning. Listen, if you've ever if you've ever listened to primetime, you've probably heard uh, there's no NFL player that Sue hated more than Tom Tupa. Tom Tupa, really? Yeah, Tom Tupa. Uh, Josh Brown is the guy that we were looking for. Yeah, the, uh, Josh Brown. I'm told Morton Anderson gave a mean purple nurple too. <laughs> so. 
I don't know how much truth. Hey-o. I mean, you weren't you weren't even Hey-o. going for it, but here we are. We're just winging it. Well, listen, sometimes the jokes just come out. Um, but yeah, I found that interesting to think of kickers as as the bad boys. I mean, in all reality, we're probably talking about the pass rushers. You look at you know guys oh. from past like Lawrence Taylor. You got Alden Smith who's going through his stuff, but but you know, not far behind. The kicking community. Well, we were talking about this uh, last night. So yesterday, I filled in for Isaac on uh, on primetime. So he's uh, he just puts in so much work into day one of the draft. Yeah, I heard he's just he's an animal when it comes mentally to draft and physically exhausted by the end of day one. I mean, he's putting out she's how many mock drafts before the the draft shows up? Oh, is so, he a big mocker? Oh. Um, so no, he he hates the draft and he wanted to go play golf. Uh, so I feel in this is now becoming. Oh, sorry, I thought you were saying Souk. That's my fault. No, no, Souk kills it. Souk absolutely kills it. Isaac, he takes a little vacation. He can't stand the draft. So I get to sit in with Souk, and Souk does an amazing job, and he really does uh, a good thing with it. But we were talking about the draft and the way that you look at football versus other sports. And for for those that don't know, Souk played a, a couple had a couple stops in the NFL, uh, but he and I went to high school together. I did not know that. Yeah, so I was a sophomore when he was a senior in high school. So it, it's it's funny to see cuz I watched his career at BYU uh, and then you see him go into the NFL and you kind of keep track of of those guys. But he was saying that, you know, Football isn't a sport where you need to grow up playing it. You don't need to be a guy that kind of gets the, you know, quarterbacks are a different story. But if you can run a 4440 at 280 pounds, somebody's going to figure out how to use you in football. Well, right. And we see that almost, almost, I wouldn't say every year, but pretty close where there's a guy who's a former basketball player who's coming on to be a tight end. You've got your Jimmy Grahams of the world. You've got Ziggy Ansah who didn't start playing until he was 16. I mean, basically, if you're our an athletic very, freak, you can yeah, do it. Our very own Cam Cleland didn't play until he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, he was a, a three-sports yep. star doing baseball yep. and basketball before that. But the other elements to, to being a, a great football player is you have to be, you kind of have to be that fearless, not afraid to play with pain. You have to have that, that mental and physical edge. So there's enough of these guys that are just freaks and we see them kind of come up. But when you start talking about like bad dudes playing football, I mean, when you realize that this is a way to change the fortunes of your family for generations to come, that's not always the mindset that dudes have going into it. So, like, when you wonder why there's bad guys all over the football field, I don't think it's necessarily that football attracts bad guys. It's not like dudes are like, "Listen, I'm a bad guy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get it." What it is is all of those points, those jump off points on your way to becoming an NFL player. I think that those guys tend to be wired in such a way that. You don't go, all right, I've got a broken arm. I'm going to stop playing football. Oh, I need to, you know, I've got guys that are challenging me every single day. This is, this is, you know, running my head into this wall. Isn't something that I want to do it. So I, a lot of people go, oh, football attracts bad people to it. No, you have to have the physical talent to get there. What it is, is all of the jump off points where you go, like uh, uh, John Sakanik's a good example of this. John's bigger than Jason. He had a better, uh, you know, uh, college career than Jason. Like he never missed anything. He had, a, he had less of an injury history. He just didn't love football, and he just kind of went, "All right, I'm out." And Jason yeah. had that edge and that mean and that toughness. But yeah, dudes that are crazy and not afraid to, you know, go and 
kind of ruin their lives, uh, both on and off the field, they tend to be the guys that move up. The other element, I don't know that it attracts, like you said, I don't think it attracts bad people, but I also think that some of these guys that are so athletically gifted now at an early age start getting groomed and told that they're going to be headed for this, and they focus on football and only football, and then on top of that, no one holds them accountable for their other age. So if you got bad grades, if you're stepping outside of the law or whatever, people are willing to give you a couple breaks because they don't want to mess with your meal ticket. So you're in middle school, you're in high school, and people are turning a blind eye to some of your misgivings and things like that, and you don't have to adhere to the same kind of rules of society as other people might. Yep, you hit my part two almost exactly right. So you build up these you build up these bad habits of I can get away with anything. And then all of a sudden you're under a microscope in the NFL and you can't get away with it anymore, but you never really were taught from the age of 12 or 13 on that you can't do those things. Well, it's not even just taught. You also get, uh, you, you get a wide berth on all of those things. Oh, and absolutely. then you have a, a layer of protection, right? I mean, you've got the, the Josh Gordon story. It's a perfect example of this where he got in and, and his problem was drugs. It wasn't domestic violence or anything like that, but, but he had a huge drug problem that couldn't keep him on the field. I mean, he's one of the most electrifying wide receivers we'd seen, setting rookie records. And just when he was on the field, he was unstoppable, but he couldn't stay away from the drugs. And he came out earlier this year with kind of a uh, – I can't remember if it was on – was it yeah, like a Players, tri- or Players Tribune Players or something Tribune, like that? Something like that. One of those sites. But either way, it was kind of him doing a, a comeback retrospective. And he was talking about how when he was at Baylor, it was there's always somebody there to help him pass a, a drug test. There was always somebody there to get him what he needed. And so then when he got into the NFL, he didn't realize it was up to him to create his own little network to protect him because he was so insulated by a university. Yeah. I realize it's Baylor University. But and people, we have, we people have come are to so see willing, what they are. Yeah, people are so willing to provide that safety net for you because you're either a cash cow for them or they think you're going to hook them up later in the future by helping them avoid some consequences early on that then you get to the big stage and no one's there to help. And then, and then that's why you see all these kickers just run amok. See, no, no one is still keeping them in check. They think they don't have to worry about the kickers. That's right. That's why they've been able you, to get out of control. If you've got a golden leg, you can do whatever you want, huh? Jay Feely, David Akers, looking at you. They're always up to no good. The NFL draft has turned into a, a spectacle, not only of sports, but of entertainment. Uh, it is absolutely fascinating how it went from this uh, small little production you know when the NFL was getting started into Radio City Music Hall I was not prepared for it to go in the next stratosphere but I think it's officially there and it's not going back in the box we will dive into the NFL draft next uh, you're listening to Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan alright kids if you're uh, wondering who that other voice is in the room it's Ryan Buckley that's uh Buck good morning yeah you're uh your new producer for Dustin and Cam in the morning and uh part-time fill-in sometimes uh co-host of this fine program fine fine program fine fine it's okay let's let's not get over our skis about it um well, I if I'm on t- it now I got to make sure that it's good at what? least I got to tell myself that, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, if you if you can create the the illusion that you believe the lie, uh, then it becomes a truth. And that's how that works. Uh, I do need to tell everybody about something that's very exciting. The 1080 The Fan um, and the Allen Webb Auto Family presents the sixth annual Fan Golf Classic back at Langdon Farms. It's brought to you by Area Heating and Cooling. Uh, it's 18 holes at Langdon Farms Golf Club. It's the 25th. 
and 26th of June. That's the last Monday and Tuesday uh, of the month, uh, just like it is every year. That's going to start out at uh, 1.30 both days, so afternoon rounds. It's a shamble format. Uh, Country Financial is uh, bringing back the digital scoring app, which is great. There's always a bunch of good food and drink out there. Uh, the food's taken care of for you. Uh, I've heard rumors that Big Fat Wieners might be coming back, which is fantastic. You can also play closest to the swag, so he'll be on the driving range. Last year, somebody caught him in the collarbone when he's going back and forth between his update desk. Ouch. Yeah. So what they do, Ryan, because you, you haven't been to this event. I have not. So Swag has this big metal like army desk, and then they put plexiglass around it, and he does his sports center updates from there, and everybody on the driving range can go out there and take hacks at him, try to hit him. And if you can get the desk while he's doing an update, you'll get a nice little stinger going over the air. Okay. Well, Swag, uh, because he's old, uh, he has to go pee frequently. So he had to leave his little safe haven and was scampering across the, the driving range uh, to use the restroom, and somebody caught him in the collarbone with a shot. That sounds brutal. Yeah, and he's about 150 yards out. So uh, lucky it was his collarbone, not his face. Yeah. Yeah. But he laughed it off. So I wonder how many injuries are at a, just a, a, on average at a golf tournament every time that it happens. Or how many annual injuries do you think happen? Because you see it every now and then. A guy gets piped with a drive that oh, is sure. errant or whatever. I mean, we yeah. see it from time to time. but Like the galleries the, at a, like a PGA Yeah, event. considering yeah. how many people there are and how many tournaments and how many, frankly, shots we're seeing that are flying well off the fairway because guys can recover so well now. Yeah. How many guys are getting getting tagged like Swag did? I don't know. We'll, have to t- we'll check the injury updates on that. The only time I ever got hit with a golf ball, uh, a buddy of mine... Took his shot. I threw my golf bag on my back and started walking up. Didn't know that he was going to hit a second shot because he wasn't happy with his first. So he goes and lines up a second one, hurries it, blades it, and the thing came screaming right at me. Would have drilled me right in the back, but I had my golf bag on, so it hit my golf bag. Thank God. It would have killed so that was the only time I ever got hit with a golf ball. But, yeah, I can't imagine uh, taking one off the collarbone. He's about 150 yards out. I have not right. taken one, and I don't plan to. Yeah, here's the uh, thing you need to know about the golf tournament. Uh, it is 21 and over, and all the information you need is at 1080thefan.com. So get there right now. Register your foursome. Here's what happened last year. It sold out in less than two weeks, and then everybody that wanted to get in kept calling us, and we had to say no. So uh, if you want to be in, get in now. Uh, just go to 1080thefan.com uh, and do that. So NFL Draft. I, we had the draft party, and I want to thank everybody that came out. Uh, it's always fun to see listeners out there. I got to see Sam the Mailman, uh, and he was trying to give me a hard time out there, which is always delightful because he's not very good at it. He does the same thing on the text line, um, and it just it, it seems desperate, let's be honest. But um, got to see a lot of the listeners. Uh, Isaac and Suko always do the live show, which is a great job. Swag does the the big MC thing. Ryan, that was your first event that you made it out with yeah, us. Correct. So good Good time. Um, so I didn't watch a ton of it. There's a lot of people to talk to, but the thing, the biggest thing that I noticed, and you can go back and you can see where all the draft pick go and whatever. We mentioned this earlier. It's like nobody knows how good any of these players are going to be. I was shocked that Baker Mayfield went one. Uh, I'm a little surprised with what the Seahawks did. Maybe we'll get into that in the second hour. But the one thing that I did notice that I thought was really spectacular is after what they did in Philadelphia last year, you wonder how it can get any better. And Jerry World and the the expanse of the celebration of the NFL draft seemed to go on forever because there was more people outside of the stadium than there were inside. He had red carpet. It had the Super Bowl-like event feel where you've got all these games for kids to play and you have like the NFL interactive going on. 
ESPN puts every single person that has ever worked for their network on the coverage of that event. But it, it's like the Grammys meets the Super Bowl meets the I don't know what. But I cannot believe how big it's gotten. Did you get a similar impression? With yeah, it, it now it almost resembles like a WWE pay-per-view. It's, Ooh, it's I mean, when you look at that aerial shot. Wait, 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 wait. No Zelda, but you're a WWE guy? No, I'm not a WWE. Well, I, I mean, I was when I was like 13, NWO uh, Wolfpack. You love it. Uh, but no, I mean, I, th I think you look at it now when they, they do that sweeping aerial shot coming in or out yeah. of break, you know, and it looks like people got their signs and people are in costumes. And I mean, when you boil it down to the fact that really this is probably just 100,000 people who have shown up to see a list of names read and you look at what it's turned into, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's it, and the the idea of like the pageantry of it too, because you've got the red carpet, you've got all these guys. I mean, that's got to be a thrill of a lifetime just to be there and be part of the draft for the guys that get to go and do the whole runway show. I mean, you see Lamar Jackson's suit and he's got it just kind of tricked out, and it, it's some of the guys' shoes. You see some of the shoes with spikes on them and studs <laughs> on them and stuff like that. Well, it's a trip because these these are guys that let's be honest, uh, you know, they don't necessarily get a whole lot of attention off the field until that point. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, how many 26 SEC players were taken in the draft? You have 10 from Alabama in the first three rounds of the draft. And and the Alabama guys, they don't even barely get to talk to the press, let alone go out and do that. And you see NBA stars and you see NFL stars. I mean, Cam Newton is, he's kind of a travesty. Um, but, you know, they, they go and try to do this fashion every week. And that's, this is really, I think, the first opportunity for guys to go out and make their impact on this is who I'm going to be as a personality. And, and Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Antonio Brown, what they can do on social media now, like, like I said before, this is not something that's going away. It's only going to be magnified, and you guys are going to use this opportunity to to try to establish their brand because there's a lot of money to be made outside of football. Yeah, and I, I read something too, or or maybe I, I saw it even as a in sort of a short form feature documentary about the growth of the draft and how initially ESPN chased it down because they couldn't get any games themselves. They just wanted the association with the shield and the brand of the NFL. Sure. So they're like, we'll turn this into an event. Well, I mean, all these guys sit in a room while the commissioner reads names. Why don't we just put a camera up and post mm -hmm. it? Because the NFL was so popular. And you look at what it was then and what it is now and all the components that go into it, everything that could be sponsored and everything, uh, you know, the reach that it has. How I can't imagine how many different countries and languages this thing is now being broadcast in. And it's it's still just to read a list of names. Well, it's it's American football, so I don't know if it has a global reach, but it opened, uh, it went up against the opening of Avengers and did just fine. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the crazy thing about it is it's just, I mean, as far as spectacle goes in the U.S., I mean, we love our football, but it, it reminds me a little bit of, of really the way the NFL did it. And the reason I think there's so many NFL fans is whether you know it or not, you probably grew up watching NFL films, and they did such a good job archiving 
everything that happened in football. And I've talked about this quite a bit on the show, but like the NBA doesn't have that benefit. There's almost no film of Dr. J playing in the ABA. We don't have we don't have any footage of the hundred point game that Wilt Chamberlain. There's That's one, unbelievable. There's isn't it? one picture of the dude holding up a postcard that says one hundred on it. That's all the footage we have of it. You can't go back and watch the Celtics runs of of championships, and there's not a whole lot of Bill Russell, and they don't have the post game interviews. And to have uh, John Valenda come out and do the the Raider, the pirate is the autumn wind or whatever over the Raiders montage, you know that, and that stuff sinks in. And I, I every year before the Super Bowl goes, I would watch all of the the thirty minute updates of of how every Super Bowl happened before. Me and my dad watched them on YouTube this year, and that's what the football, the NFL did really well is making football. A, a story and now everything that happens in that story becomes part of this lineage and ESPN has taken a cue from that and you saw it last night and the night before where when they open up round one and round two of the NFL draft there's Chris Berman and Chris Mortensen and a young Mel Kuyper Jr. And they have all this footage of early drafts when exactly what you said. They're like, well, let's throw a camera. People care about this stuff. Well, they take all that and they make you think, looking back on those previous drafts, that they were as big as this one. They weren't. But the NFL, when they look back, they do everything through rose-colored glasses. And everything was epic. And the NFL is epic. And everything that ever happened in the NFL was epic. And now they're actually able to fulfill that in real time and using every tool that they have at their disposal. I think it's just in, in, an incredible feat of not just football, but entertainment, what they can do in the scope of it. I, you just wonder how how quickly before they adopt all of the new avenues to watch it because TV's not doing great. No. But events and live events are the one thing that is is the pillar of of cable television and network television right now, it's the one thing that you can't stream is live sporting events, and that's changing very quickly. So if the NFL is smart enough and ESPN partners well enough, you could very well see the changing of visual entertainment be through events like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's going to be the next interesting frontier for us to see as far as consuming not just this event, but lots of different events because yep. it seems like it's so much more people want to do it a la carte and there a lot of these streaming services are creating and striking new deals for for rights and the ability to stream these things. It's going to be an interesting next couple of years to see where everyone goes as the TV stations, frankly, struggle to keep subscribers a little bit. Well, and you just left television to come into radio, but I, I mean, we're at this point, we're all multimedia, you know, uh, platforms you know the, the the thing about radio is it's content that we create every day this station creates what 10 hours of of brand new content every day we do you know short videos on youtube we're interacting through twitter we're putting things out through all of the channels that we have and that's really kind of the future of sports entertainment and it and it's it's not going to slow down. So wait till next year or the year after when now you're going to be able to watch your team's stream of the NFL draft and there'll be an entire production like that for each of the 32 teams. It's a good time to be on this side of things because there'll be a ton of opportunity in the future yeah, to be part of those those evolutions of, of what's coming next. Great time to be a consumer. Great time. Absolutely. Um, we need to get to uh, a fun segment i gave you probably way too much control of this so i don't know what we're going to get from ryan buckley's first attempt at good versus evil but we'll find out 
next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Because I told him I didn't want to get a certain vehicle because of the amount of gas I would have to spend. It cost like $80 to fill it up. Fill it up. It up. And he right. said, then you said, when it gets to half, then you put $20, you bring it back to full. <laughs> but if I keep doing I would have to stop off and still no, spend wouldn't. 80 No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Why? You're complaining about when it gets to zero, you spend 80 right? When it gets to half, you put 20 Then when it gets back to half, you put 20 Yeah, but, but I'll keep stopping, putting 20 in, and it'll be cool. 80 Kenny. the same amount of gas. Kenny. Kenny. I'm driving the Kenny. same amount of gas. The average human stops once a week for gas, right? With you, you only work here twice. You would probably have to stop maybe, maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> Don't even try. This is all. This Wait, is bordering on. travel more than me. This well, is bordering on what's closer, the West Coast or the Moon. So that was a man once self-proclaimed as the Big Aristotle. <laughs> we will. Uh, we're glad he was not self-proclaimed as the Big Archimedes because the math skills of one Shaquille O'Neal seem to be seriously lacking with uh, the boys on TNT as he tries to explain to Kenny Smith. How to avoid filling up on $80 of gas, and his idea is to simply add $20 to the tank every time you get to half full. So, you know, he's got that Shacked in a Fool segment. This is going to be Fraction of Fools. Shaq O'Neal does not know Fraction. <laughs> there are way too many math jokes in there that were uh, poorly executed. I'm sorry, Ryan. I just Quite all right. Very disappointed with you on that. But yeah, no, we, <laughs> nobody's... Nobody's waiting for Shaq to come out and be smart. That's that's the appeal of that show is that they can just go back and forth and just be wrong and be wrong and be wrong, and nobody ever takes it personal. Well, there are some that thought that Shaq is just playing there, that he's acting, but I think it's pretty clear he knew exactly what well, he was trying to be sincere in his math. Did you catch any of the players-only nights when he ended up filling in for Ernie Johnson and doing the hosting gig? I have not seen him host. I've, I've oh. seen some of the players-only. I have not seen him host for Ernie, though. So, yeah. So there was, uh, I don't know, mid-March they were doing one of those, and he was hosting. And he puts in zero prep time. He was reading everything dry. It was not going well. He had Isaiah Thomas, and I think Kenny might have been there with him, but they were giving him such a hard time because, oh, he was not prepared, and dude was not ready to read. Shaq has cruised through life because he's Shaq. So, yeah, I think he gets away with a lot. What's his name? 15? That's, that's Brock. He's the starter right now. Come on, man. I want to scare him a little bit. I want to get those quarterbacks a little nervous. Will you the punter? No, I'm, I'm a quarterback. Oh, f- He asked if I was the punter. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, that is L.A. Rams quarterback Jared Goff pulling a prank for Red Bull going to a community college and pretending to be a transfer from another college and threatening the job of other quarterbacks. So here's a man who went from looking like a total bust 
to looking like a boom, and he's got to be the most thankful man for Sean McVay on the planet for making him look good. Now a little too big for his britches, trying to scare some uh, community college kids. Oh, get out of town. I think this is fantastic. It's it's The interesting thing is is all of a sudden, now that he's a good quarterback, he has a personality. God, he seemed like such a flake when he started and couldn't hit anybody. But now I'm like, I'm watching this going, wait, do I like Jared Goff? Is he a likable dude? The clip is pretty funny, and we only, I only watched a little part of it with you just so I kind of knew what we were talking about. But he throws on the wig and the tattoos and just goes out there. And when he hit, throws a couple dimes at 70 yards, but he goes out and he's like, all right, I'll just overthrow a couple guys here and I'll do this. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, and nobody's really in on it except for the head coach. Uh, I like that he tells who someone who appears to be either the quarterback coach or offensive coordinator that he has some trouble throwing to his right side because sometimes his bangs kind of fall down over his right eye. <laughs> Yeah, it's delightful, um, but as a Seahawks fan, I find it uh, exhausting that uh, all of the teams in the NFC West continue to get more and more likable and better and better at football. Uh, yeah, like, first of all, the Rams belong in L.A. They're transitioning to eliminating all the gold from their uniforms, so they'll be that kick-ass navy and white. Now you've got a quarter uh, quarterback that seems to be a little likable. You've got a 31-year-old prodigy of a head coach. It's not going the right direction for Seahawks fans. I have an announcement to make. I will eat the poop live yeah, yeah, air. Yes. So that is fecal matter enthusiast and <laughs> Cleveland ESPN radio host. Why does he have to be from Cleveland? That's too easy. Yeah, Aaron Goldhammer said that uh, he would eat horse poop if the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield first overall. This was something he said months ago, and now it has come to fruition, so everyone's on his case about it. What is it with people in Cleveland? You remember the guy from the Cavaliers parade who scooped some horse poop off off the ground, tossed it in the air, caught it in his mouth? No. Oh, yeah, that's a video that, that you need to see no, even though you don't want to see. Yeah. yeah. If so I can... something about Cleveland and liking feces. Yeah, it's all too easy. It's just, if any other city in the country did this, you'd be shocked. Apparently, he has uh, enlisted the help of Iron Chef Michael Simon now to help prepare this horse fecal matter for him so that he doesn't get sick. Yeah, there's no good that comes from this. Nope. Uh, Yeah, well, congratulations, Cleveland. You've done it again. You've left me speechless. So that brings us to our favorite story, and unfortunately... Oh, your favorite story. Don't let me into this. I'm just reacting. I yeah, have no, no idea it's, what you're it's bringing. Not, it's not going to be your favorite either. Uh, much to the relief of Parrish, Alabama residents, the poop train has been emptied and cleared. Have you heard about this? Why do all your stories have poop in them? Well, there was a natural segue here, so okay. I'm trying to do good radio. Uh, oh, hey it, it, it might be crappy radio, though. hey uh, so a train from New York City carrying 10 million pounds of human excrement was stopped in Parrish, Alabama after neighboring town West Jefferson filed an injunction that would not allow the train to continue through their town due to zoning laws. So the train sat in Parrish for over two months, which really upset the 982 residents there. Oh. Poor Robert Nash lamented it was so bad he couldn't go outside to barbecue. It has now been emptied and cleared, but it sat in their town making the outdoors smell for a full two months. I have no reaction to that. That is... Uh, 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 that's awful. 
That is absolutely awful. I grew up on a dairy farm, and that is awful. Like, oh. So you think you'd be able to handle most bad smells? So, well, yeah. I mean, like, listen, cow manure is not great. I'm actually, I get that as, like, a nostalgia smell. But, like, that's like, okay, so it's outdoors. Smells like the inside of a porta potty. Uh Uh-huh. In an Alabama town. Yep. I mean, you couldn't have hit the cities. Like, if you if you were to create these stories out of thin air, what are the two places you would pick for eating poop and having a a city that smells like an outhouse? Yeah, I mean, those those are two pretty good candidates. Usually, Florida finds a way to get themselves grouped Ooh. into those. But, was it coming uh, from Florida? Uh, it was coming from New York City. Oh, okay, from New York City. The poop train, as it's been called. There, if you if you ever. This is actually fairly interesting. If you ever want to read a fairly disgusting story, but the amount of work that goes into disposing of the excrement from a city like New York, I mean, it's fascinating the process that you have to go through to go and clean uh, the, the brown water, to, to, to get all the, the poop from a city like New York out. It's amazing the engineering feats that go into it, but it's also extremely disgusting. Yeah, and if I were from Parrish, I'd have some issues with the folks from West Jefferson. Yeah, but let's let's clear this up a little quicker than two months, can we? Right. It's, it's not getting better day by day. It's not going, well, at least some of the smell's going away. Well, and yeah, these West Jefferson people, they know <laughs> it's not going to make it to their town, but then that's someone else's problem. It's their neighbor's problem. Yeah, West Jefferson, you did no one any favors. It would have passed through for a day and been gone. Instead, you have to hold. Oh. Yeah, that's that's like uh, that's the start of what I'm guessing is going to be quite the rivalry. And I, I, I don't think that passes anytime soon. Uh, all right, that was Good versus Evil brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, uh, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Uh, when we come back, we'll dive into the NBA playoffs. We've got a little more NFL draft. We'll take a look at some of the Pac-12 players where they've landed. Uh, round four is underway. So we've got picks flying off the board. We'll catch you up all that uh, probably around 1030. Um, but we'll start with... Uh, the competition for the most disappointing season uh, has a new entry, and it is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We start there in hour two of the Center and the Saint. This is 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.